Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nisa Today FC Podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, and we have another guest this week as Nisa Nation Communication Specialist Dennis Pope joins the show. He shared with us his background into soccer and how he fell in love with the sport, and he also gives us his insights on all the behind-the-scenes action and latest developments that's been going on in Nisa Nation and more. So, Stay tuned, guys. I've got another exciting episode coming up right now. Josh Taylor, and joining us today from Southern California is Nisa Nation communication specialist Dennis Pope. Dennis, thanks for joining me on the show today. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, Dennis, tell us about your background. How did you get involved in the game of soccer? Oh wow! So uh, played it as a kid, um, grew up uh, with it. Uh, to the point where when 94 came around, um, I'm a sophomore in high school and I'm just thrilled, you know, through the roof, you know, thinking that this is the year for the U.S. And so I've been, you know, since I was a kid, I've been about, you know, the, the U.S. program and the game in general. Like it just it's in it's inside me. Um, I don't know where it really comes from. I played all the sports growing up. Right. Um, you know, typical stuff. And. and it's just soccer that sticks with you. And I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with the culture, but that's a different conversation. So my love of soccer feeds into my wanting to, to cover it as a professional sports writer. And then eventually getting around to it, um, working in, in the game itself. Um, and so, uh, you know, through, um, working as a sports writer, first started doing that in the uh, the late 90s. Um, I'm going to age myself here a little bit. I'm in my early 40s. And so I started sport write, sports writing like straight out of high school, pretty much, like right into college. Um, started uh, freelancing, covering high school sports for the local paper. Um, you know, did that throughout college. Um, graduated, and I've done a bunch of different sports writing jobs from columnist to, to news writer to editor to a bunch of different stuff. Left the newspaper industry in about 2007 um, and, and went back to school, um, finalized getting degrees and things, and, and then got back into working in the newspapers after working some other jobs that didn't really fit my skill sets um, and got back into freelancing again. Got back into covering 
soccer specifically in about 2010 um, here locally in the Riverside San Bernardino County area of Southern California covering the high schools and colleges here we don't have professional sports here and so getting to know those people and personalities and so starting about that time frame I've covered everything that's happened in this region soccer wise um, for the better part of um, you know a decade and a half almost now so the uh, number of players that have come up from this area has been substantial and so I'm able to follow their professional careers and their progress um, and I still do that as a sports writer. I still work for Southern California newspaper group. I still cover high school, college sports here in Riverside, San Bernardino County. Um, I do a number of different things for them, but that is one of my primary jobs. And so I'm still connected to the community that I, I grew up in, went to school in. Um, I, I cover, um, it's really awesome. I cover, you know, the players that I've coached in AYSO, um, you know, at a certain point, you know, and it's getting to be like that um ingrained in, in me in the community here and so uh it's a really special thing that i have personally here with my community and covering the soccer people in it but getting over into working into um you know nisa and nisa nation um started first with covering uh lamar hunt u.s open cup in all honesty here locally in Riverside. Um, so teams have come and gone as American soccer fans know. And so there have been clubs that have participated in US Open Cup that are no longer around. Um, Harupa Valley FC, Marino Valley FC. These are clubs that used to exist, that used to participate in US Open Cup. Once did, I once covered them. Um, and so working with Josh Hakala, um, shout out to him at the cup.us. Um, I started covering more regionally um, U.S. Open Cup matches, getting to know those clubs. And so I eventually came across connections with the UPSL and, and people in that league, <clears throat> Jan Squara, Lionel Lopez, the leaders of that league, and uh, began uh, working for them as their communications director uh, from the point where they were a Southern California-based league with some teams in maybe Vegas and Arizona to blowing up to where they are now. Um, and I was uh, a massive part of that process for them, um, their growth in terms of their communications and social media um, and all the presentation stuff that everybody likes about the UPSL now. Um, I was a massive uh, figurehead in, in that growth for them. Um, and then we got through the pandemic um, and then they had new ownership come in, the UPSL did. And so I left the organization in 2021, um, still sports writing, still doing my thing locally here with the newspaper. Um, and then uh, connected with Matt Morse, who is now Nisa Nation's director, but previously he was uh, Southwest Premier League president. And then Nisa, Nation, not Nisa Nation, Nisa Independent Cup director, um, but now he's also director of affiliates and, and Nisa Nation director, <clears throat> excuse me. And so uh, began working uh, with his project here in Southern California. He's got a group of clubs uh, that rotate in between seasons. Uh, SoCal Premier runs a, a traditional European calendar. And so uh, they have clubs that participate from Labor Day to Memorial Day. And then there's also groups of teams that only play spring season. There's a U23 division in the summer. And so they have a lot going on, not to mention the women's division that's here and growing again. And, and the league itself is growing. 
And so in that time in the last, it's almost been, we're almost coming up on a year. It seems like it's been longer, but I've only been working with Southwest Premier and Matt Morris and now Nisa Nation for a year. Nisa Nation even less. We've only been working together since October, like late October. And so my role is to help professionalize the club's media and marketing, um, social media, uh, connectivity within their own sphere. And so it makes them a more professional uh, appearing outlook on the club while also uh, doing more promotional work on behalf of the league. And so that started with Southwest Premier and the U23 season and promoting its uh, championship weekend. Southwest Premier hosts uh, a massive weekend around Memorial Day where all the championship games kind of happen at, at Biola University. We're getting re ready to host another one here on May 21st uh, where there's the champion of South or with SoCal Premier versus the champion of Pacific Premier. At least that's the concept. Plus, um, maybe a Nisa Independent Cup match. Well, and just uh, that might be too early. I might be skipping schedules. Pardon me on that. Um, but we have a lot built into that weekend. A lot of big matches all at one site. Um, and we did that last weekend. It was a big success for the league. And so we're just promoting and growing uh, SoCal Premier and Pacific Premier and now Arizona Premier um, and, and those clubs within it and giving them uh, a different and more traditional pathway to professionalism. And so with that growth and all that said, you know, it's a it's a day to day process, right? We're taking phone calls and emails every day. We're working on issues every day. And so my job as a communicator primarily is to make sure that things within the, the operation side of the league and promotional and marketing run as fluidly as possible. There's a schedule, there's a calendar. We're producing this every week. We're doing this and this and this, right? There's setup and there's delivery on a lot of the marketing pieces that the league wants to deliver and i've started to um not just professionalize but uh regularize a lot of the, the processes within the league that just didn't exist before and so the a lot of this is uh growth on both the, the club side and the league side and, and i can help with that with my experience right given with the upsl um i was able to experience quite a bit with the upsl and i don't want to spend too much time talking about that organization but i i grew a, quite a bit within uh, the amateur soccer sphere working with that organization and the experience i gained there is definitely helping me now and so um, with that said, I'm able to connect with uh, a, a program of interns um, that help connect a lot of the dots here within the organization. I'm able to uh, work with uh, new clients and new sponsors and partners and new clubs a lot more uh, easily than I was, you know, say back in 2015 when I didn't have any knowledge of the ecosystem and, and you know, just what things cost and who was working with who and what the, the drama is where and, and so on and so forth that you get to know over time. And so I bring a lot of that now to, to Nisa Nation and that's, you know, a part of why we're rebuilding now. Um, you know that's that's a major reason why we're at this point um and i'm at i think at this point i'm answering a, a long 
answer to a very short question about my background, but that kind of leads us to today where right now, you know, we're getting ready tomorrow to release the schedule for Nisa Nation for the spring season. Um, you know, and it's, it's very exciting times ahead. That's great, Dennis, and I'm sure the fans that follow Nisa Nation would like to hear that. I was more curious about the approach that kind of happened because as we know, Nisa Nation, they didn't play any games this past fall. And we're kind of like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, Dennis, I'll put you on the spot here a bit. But what happened? Why did games did not get played in the, in, in the fall or last fall? And how did it found a place for you and Matt Morris to take that next step and get Nisa Nation back on track? Sure. So what I can answer is that the program came to a halt after the spring season because there were a lot of issues and there was an inability to get those corrected in time which led into a delay in the fall season happening and i'm still not part of this process this is just what i've learned um and i didn't come on until jonathan Redenauer was no longer involved and matt morris was now had now taken the reins and so he brought me in as part of the the group that was going to restart Nisa Nation, and that was their interest in restarting Nisa Nation in the spring, given that fall had already been lost at that point. Uh, by the time I was brought in, it was Halloween um, time, and we were talking about you know what we were going to do November, December, January, February to get ready to start in March, and so all that's all those things and all those sort of issues that took place in the spring from, um, you know, a standards point of view, we'll just kind of be broad about it, right? There was standards that were, were missed or not followed or, and there were issues with that. You know, there, there's a lot of that that we're trying to put in the rear view and, and move forward from, but it was a, a, an inability to, um, you know, put in place, uh, the the things that were were agreed upon, and, and a lot of the regions had issues, right? With that, um, you know, there were um, issues with solidarity payments. There there were issues with, um, you know, I think just it, it, like payments in general, you know, and that that makes a lot of people upset, right? You, mess with people's money and people get upset and so um you know when that happens uh, th there becomes some grudges maybe you know and there's a, an inability to move forward from that and so we're trying to you know not deal with any of that and any of those grudges currently and, and move forward with what we have and what we know which is here in the southwest um and, and here in pacific and, and and then trying to grow in the regions where we can um but yeah, like why it happened, uh, why they didn't play in the fall. I think it was, you know, mostly a, a money issue, you know, in all honesty. You know, there there were things that led into issues that led into money, right? And then once that happens, you know, it, it's it's hard. And, and, you know, Nisa's done a really, really good job of trying to, to rectify a lot of that, uh, um, you know, in all candor. I don't know. You know, currently where all the payments stand on everything. I'm not a, I'm not an economist. You know, I'm not a, a really a spreadsheet guy, and so I don't deal with those kind of things. Thankfully for me, but I know that there are issues that persist, right? And, and so, hopefully, a lot of that will will get fixed. 
you know, over time in, in a short period of time so that we can move forward in the regions where there, um, you know, were issues before. And, you know, I think once that happens, that it, it's a good situation looking forward for NISA and NISA Nation. But there's going to be, you know, some contentiousness over time. And, you know, time hopefully will fix some of that, too. Now that you and Matt Morris have taken a, a new direction for NISA Nation, what is the league's uh, long-term plan moving forward? Is a long-term plan not really in our best interest at, at this time. We're more working on a short-term, uh, looking at next season plan right now. Specifically, uh, we do want to have growth um, you know, but there are some um, some steps, you know, in between us and, and, and that happening. We are receiving some s definite interest in places like Texas and Florida, where NISA Nation, well, NISA Nation didn't exist in Texas before. And so that is a new proposition for us and a, a new interest for us. Um, and so we're really keen to use an old term on on trying to make that happen, uh, Florida. If you know anything about Florida, Josh, it's the wild west of amateur soccer. It really is. There's fiefdoms and, and colonies, and you know everybody's protecting their their little bit of it, um, and, and they don't really work together very well within their own state, um, and so it's hard to get a foothold there, um, and. A lot of clubs still want to be part of the NISA project. You know, a lot of clubs are seeking a path to professionalism that is outside the, you know, the traditional routes available. And so what happens with that, you know, is more of a long-term thing and we're working toward that, but with short, you know, to intermediate steps. Um, you know, we do want to try and plan visits to both Texas and Florida to put, you know, faces to people so that they can associate new identities with NISA Nation and, you know, determine for themselves, right, what they think of the project going forward. We want to explore other spaces where NISA Nation uh, can potentially fit. Um, you know, we do have existing affiliations within NISA that are being honored in places like the Northeast with the Eastern Premier Soccer League um, and in Colorado with the Mountain Premier League and they're uh, expanding in into Idaho and Utah I believe maybe not Idaho Utah um, and then there's the the Cascadia Premier League um, and they have clubs um, throughout Washington, and I think they have a couple of clubs around the Portland, Oregon area. Um, and so they're, and maybe Idaho too, like Northern Idaho. And so they, I think maybe um, are a multi-state league and they're still part of the, the Nisa Nation sphere. And so we will uh, be making, you know, in the springtime, probably updated affiliation announcements for, for each of these regions. Um, as we hopefully, and the plan is to announce, you know, further affiliations and, and you know, you know, knock on wood, you know, Texas um, at the very least. Uh, there's a lot of growth still happening within the men's amateur sphere. And so there's a lot of room for a better way 
forward. And I think there's a lot of still interest in the, the NISA pathway. I know that it's why I'm here. I think it's inspiring unto itself, um, the ability for clubs and players to find a, a professional pathway here in a system, you know, that it does not have as many options as we would like, right? And NISA creates more options. And so to have a platform that you can take an amateur club professional or you can start with as an amateur player with a with an amateur team and you know be seen by NISA professional teams and, and go that route and be you know um, scouted and signed by a NISA professional team and then have your amateur club receive a solidarity payment like is in line with the rest of the world I think is sort of a a really neat feature, right, of of what Nisa's trying to do and a real real selling point of the whole project. And we've done a lot here in SoCal Premier to produce players. And I, I don't want to say the word produce, nobody likes that, but to have players go from amateur teams to, you know, NISA professional teams here in Southern California um, in big numbers. And so we're big believers of that here ourselves. Um, we want nothing but right the best for american players and american amateur clubs to grow in an open system right still that's still the the, the ethos right and the message of nisa as that that will remain right what nisa is about i think until the very end um there's no reason why old grudges why it should factor into Nisa's growth going forward, especially if it has people in place who, you know, really are passionate about the project and, and want to see, you know, a nationwide movement of amateur clubs and growth that surpasses, right, what is the, the current model, which is a, a franchise fee based, right? And, and so uh, to have a, a Nisa Nation amateur pathway to pro only benefits, you know, those clubs that are still looking or still not sure of where they currently sit within the the balance of the, the U.S. soccer amateur sphere. So I'm passionate as ever about what I'm doing. I think I'm working with the right people. Um, I think here on the Nisa Nation side specifically, I'm fortunate to get to work with guys like Steve Johnson and, and Samantha Pruch who are super knowledgeable and savvy about you know media and marketing and messaging and I'm learning a, a massive amount from them and so I'm just kind of soaking it in and taking that into um, and, and very grateful for that. Now, Dennis, I'm just curious like, since you guys have been involved with Nisa Nation, what has the recruiting process been like as far as like talking to getting new clubs to join Nisa Nation? Mm -hmm. And I know you've also brought back some clubs that were in Nisa Nation in the past, like Battleborn and uh, Olympiacos, and uh, of course the, the Golden State mm -hmm. Forest, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious, like, how what was the strategy kind of rec recruiting new clubs? but also kind of repairing those relationships with some of those clubs that participated in the past to, to bring them back. Uh, you know, I think you said that there, you know, is repairing some of the relationships. And there's still some people who had no issues with Nisa Nation who still wanted to see it go forward, regardless of whether or not it played last fall or not. They were still in it for whatever we were going to kick back in, and we're thankful for that, right? But offering opportunity, 
right? Trying to repair relationships and seeing what teams really are concerned about, right? And where their issues lie and, and seeing it from their perspective is something that I do well and something that Matt does well as a longtime operator of a club. Um, he o- operated SoCal Seahorses and USLPDL for a number of years. And so he, he sees a lot of this as a club operator too, and he's able to uh, really dig in with clubs and, and provide the, the kind of level of support right that isn't always available in other leagues i mean he's you know again i credit matt with a lot of the the success that we're having already with nisa nation in just four short months and the continued success of socal premier um you know beyond organized spreadsheets beyond spreadsheets the guy knows what he's doing he knows what he's talking about and he loves doing it you know he stop doing his other work so that he could focus in on this because he knew that he could build something out of this and he is because he's just brilliant at it and he knows everything about it and and i'm you know again grateful to have you know someone who is that knowledgeable about what we're talking about be at the head of this um it's a real sort of backbone for me because i can rely on you know a lot of support you know on his behalf and i'm you know a more in a more comfortable situation working on behalf of a league that way typically i'm a sports writer and so i'm sort of uh antagonistic you know to a certain extent and i had to you know compartmentalize and, and change my perspective working in in media marketing is so that i can not only help you know, the clubs with my experience having seen professional sports and seen sports at a higher level, but work with the people who are operating the leagues. And so, and that's a different skill set because they're a different type. Um, and having worked now in this business for a while, you, you see the different types. And Matt, you know, is like, you know, he's unlike anybody that I've seen before in terms of his organization. And it's because of that, that the, the league is, is, is thriving and the Nisa nation is, is stable again. Um, and we're able to create a, like a pathway forward. Um, the success of Nisa nation, you know, I can, you know, support and provide my expertise and, you know, as skill set, but, you know, without having, um, the real sturdy, you know, person at the block that is Matt, you know, there is no pathway forward, perhaps for Nisa again, you know, like you mentioned um, in, in our pre-call, you know, is Ron Patel, Jonathan Redenauer and Matt Morse um, in a very short period of time for Nisa Nation um, and organizations, you know, big and small struggle with that kind of turnover and leadership. And so it's, you know, it's very fortunate that, that Matt, um, you know, was willing and ready at the time that he was the timing was right in his life for nisa nation as well um and so it's been only four months you know like we're coming up on maybe five-ish months at this point but it's been you know kind of with the the convention in in philadelphia in january and how busy the recruiting process has been in between all of this um 
you know, a lot of that is also credit to, to Brent Husto, who does a lot of the, the cold calls and the emails and the, you know, reaching out to clubs that, you know, had both been, you know, um, affected by Nisa Nation not playing in the fall and new clubs and new club interests and all that stuff and following up with a lot of that. So he deserves a lot of credit, too, and I don't think I've talked enough about him. Um, he's based up in Oakland, California, does a phenomenal job um, just being there for clubs to talk to um and you know when they have uh interest or when they have something within their own league that they want to bring to somebody's interest he's sort of a neutral party he kind of just takes it in but he also helps recruit for nisa nation and so uh he brings in you know a certain amount of interest and it wouldn't be without him that we don't have that's sort of poor english but we it wouldn't be without him that the nation wouldn't be active in the Pacific region right now. And we have five teams for the spring. So, you know, he provides a level of, of stability and support there that allows for some growth early on for Nisa nation, which is positive, right? We could always, I told I tell Matt, we could run Nisa nation in Southern California. He and I, and, and, you know, the other people that we have working with us, Keon Cohen now, um, and, even Nick Peters now is doing the scheduling for Nisa Nation. But if we have the same support staff in the same front office, um, we could run Nisa Nation in Southern California forever, right, and be successful. Uh, aside from in, comp in competition with what else is going on here, we're so strong here, I believe. But it takes, you know, having other support figures in other regions, right, other people who believe in Nisa, believe in Nisa Nation, want to work for the project and see it succeed to have success in places where we're not and that's southern california so um you know if, if we're going to be successful in texas we have to have a strong presence if we're going to be successful in florida we're going to have to have something of a strong presence um you know somebody who's willing to stick up for nisa because nisa is not always going to be there and hopefully we see club de leon succeed here this season with Nisa and there could be, you know, some effect to, to Nisa nation based on their success. There could be some uh, ripple effect, you know? So we're hopeful that the club de Leon gets off to a good start and, and does well and represents the brand well. And so we can carry that momentum, you know, into something potentially, um, you know, again, everything's sort of up for grabs you know there's a lot at play across the country uh there's a lot of people who are positive about the growth of men's amateur soccer high level standardized amateur soccer across the country and we're part of that movement too you know southwest premier is part of the, the regional premier league alliance and so we're positive about the growth of the game overall across the country and we just want to do our part you know as nisa nation to uphold what the promise was and we've taken that role and, and accepted that role matt and brent and i and everybody else who's jumped into this project has accepted that as part of the gig right there's certain responsibility with working with nisa nation that you would get with working with other brands right you have to represent the brand right on a certain level and so that's been part of the recruiting process right is getting to know the brand and getting to understand 
how to represent the brand so that the brand could be successful. And we learned a ton in Philadelphia about, you know, how damaged a brand can be, you know, and how perception sometimes is reality with a lot of people, despite, you know, what the facts may be. And so, again, you know, recruitment has been rough at times, but lately it's been better. Now, Dennis, I just want to focus on a, a couple quick hits here with Nisa Nation, just to kind of get uh, some interesting background uh, or your insights on some of these new developments that Nisa Nation is focusing on this year. So the first thing I was interested in is just kind of getting your insight on creating a partnership with the Liga de Football Profesional Mexicano uh, got started. So Matt made a connection with Juan Cerna, who is part of the operations group of, of Liga Professional Mexicana. And I'm not going to pronounce the thing. I don't even bother to anymore. I'm just, I butcher it every time. And so that connection has grown into what are two clubs that are going to play stateside here this year, Mexican ownership, but they're going to play in the United States as part of Nisa Nation Southwest Division uh, for the spring. And there's further developments growing and, and connecting here in terms of Nisa Independent Cup and some clubs being available for that. Um, but primarily here this season as a matter of you know, like right now, uh, importance, um, you know, there will be two clubs that will play in the Southwest, um, one out of Ensenada, Mexico, and the other out of Tijuana. Um, again, I'll butcher the names, but we'll be making announcements for them, and we'll be making announcements in Spanish for them as well, um, which is a really, really cool thing. We want to, to welcome that connection. Honest, honestly, there are a lot of clubs in northern Mexico who are disconnected from the other parts of you know play in mexico their travel is massive just like it here's here it is in the united states and so we want to try and help with some of that there are clubs that are interested in playing and so we're testing the waters we've received um no um disagreements from you know u.s amateur soccer in fact they say you know thumbs up um so we want to move forward positively. They kind of, their announcement and excitement sort of led to that brief announcement that they made. Um, but we'll be we'll be making a more formal announcement here in in the I would say by the next end of next week. Yeah, I remember when I read the presser when the league Nisa was announcing the return of Nisa Nation. That was one of the things they mentioned towards the end. Uh, you guys connecting with Juan Serna. And he was talking about creating a identifying crossover opportunities between American and Mexican pro and amateur mm-hmm. clubs. So it's great to see that we're seeing progress in that. Uh, do you think, I know you're, you're focused on short term right now, but I was curious, do you think this could maybe lead to something like what we've seen between MLS and League MX with the League's Cup or something more that we see with the major arena soccer league, uh, which is an indoor soccer league where they, from like Pyramid 1, Pyramid 2, in possibly Pyramid 3 at some point, they have clubs in Mexico like Monterey and Chihuahua in Division 1 that play during the regular season in the state side. So I think there's a difference between amateur and professional when it comes to uh, competition and, and teams traveling. And so there might be some restrictions there that prevent a, a full crossover 
like you may imagine. Um, again, like I said, these clubs in Ensenada and, and Tijuana, they're, they're own, they have Mexican ownership, but their clubs will be playing all their home games in, in Chula Vista or San Diego. Um, and then traveling, right, for their away games. And so they're, they'll be based in, in the southernmost portion of the United States, um, or southwestmost portion of the United States, um, and playing out of there. As we grow, I think clubs that, that participate in the NISA Independent Cup will all be playing in the United States here, at least in the first, in the first setup this summer. Um, you know, and as it grows and, and it's stable, right, and, and teams continue to do it, then maybe it becomes a little bit more formalized, right, and they're able to to seek, um, you know, that, that competition visa, right, to, to travel, um, you know, but that's, you know, a lot of a paperwork for an amateur club to take on. Um, it takes a level of professionalism um, on behalf of clubs, um, that, you know, we, we're trying to aspire to perhaps, but I don't think that that is, an, like I said, an immediate goal. Um, it, it, I would think that it, it would be, you know, on a, on a bullet pointed list, you know, sort of like, you know, five or six or kind of down, down list on things that we'd want to accomplish is maybe a, American clubs going down to Mexico to play. Um, it's not a priority currently, so long as the, the Mexican clubs are interested in participating in NISA, right, and willing to come north. Um, I think that's the relationship that will probably be uh, most fruitful in, in the near term. No, it makes sense. Like you said, we got to take it one step at a time and go from there. But testing the waters, uh, mm-hmm. and that's great to hear. Right. Um, I was curious because you already looked like you got the Pacific Division set up and the Southwest Division set up. Uh, I know we talked about Florida re- recently. Uh, I know Club de Leon FC, their t- two team, is the primary team in that league. But is there any uh, new developments on Florida, or are you guys still working on that in progress? We're still it's still a work in progress. Um, there's been no recent developments. Club de Leon did, I think, announce that they're playing in a new stadium this spring. Um, and so that's a, a positive thing for the club. Um, but their qualification process for, for U.S. Open Cup and having to have two teams, a pro team and an amateur team, I think is solely based on the fact that they've progressed to this point. Um, if they hadn't progressed to this point, you probably wouldn't be seeing two um, Club de Leon teams. So I think that's a matter of circumstance. Um, again, you know, we're, we're trying to build for them so that they have a NISA nation to participate in. Um, you know, the process in Florida is careful that you don't poke the bear. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sticky situation in Florida and it's complicated for a number of reasons, both internal and external. And, you know, without being more vague about what goes on in Florida, it's a place that needs nation would like to have action in because there's so much interest in NISA from Florida. And how do we make that work, right? How do we get those clubs to fit into a a model that both fits the state, you know, because it is regional, it is central and south, and there are a couple clubs up north, 
um, you know, get them either to agree to, you know, traveling the state or do we regionalize it with a South and Central division or, you know, are there enough teams even to, to do, you know, that without forcing clubs to travel too far? So, you know, we have to be careful, right, to not step into a situation that the, the league isn't willing to, to make better because there are a lot of issues in Florida um, and they would be looking for a lot of answers from Anisa Nation to, to solve a lot of those issues. Um, and I don't know if, you know, that's the, the progress, right, that, that should be made there. And I'm not the the arbiter of you know men's amateur soccer, um, you know, but I am you know one of the protectors of the Nisa Nation brand. And so you know, is going down to volatile Florida, you know, uh, the right move, you know, right now for Nisa Nation so soon before it, it finds its feet, you know, in other places like the Southwest and other regions where we are, you know, still maintaining those positive affiliations, you know, without really stepping into a, a new positive state for Nisa Nation, I think we would, you know, we, we could step into a mess, you know, in Florida um, if we're not fully, you know, prepped and, and, and prepared. No, I totally understand. And when I was in Florida, when I was going to Full Sail University in Orlando, I did an internship with Inter-Orlando Academy, and they were in the UPSL at the mm -hmm. time. And mm -hmm. uh, getting myself into the UPSL stratosphere, it was kind of, I know you have a UPSL background too, but it was just so crazy where that part of, for UPSL in the Florida region, you know, we got the Miami and Central Florida, Orlando, mm -hmm. and Tampa mm -hmm. has their own region, and Jack, it's just, it's just a hot mess, like you said. And uh, trying to, you know, step in and try to make sure it's all set in motion, it may take some time. So definitely makes sense. Dennis, uh, I was curious uh, to know how you and Matt Morse have implemented a strategy to better uh, vet clubs and enhance the educational protocol process uh, moving forward. Right. So here in Southern California, we're able to get eyes on teams and so when teams approach us that are unknown quantities right that you have to work with clubs as they are if a big amateur or a big youth club you know wants to enter into the league we know the quality we don't have to see go watch them in person but if there's a club that we may or may not have heard of or they're on the fringe you know or they're breaking apart from another club or you know whatever we want to see them in action first right and actually go up and meet the people and so that is a priority here in southern california for us um you know, number one. And so during the summertime, we provide opportunity for that. If you want to join the, the U23 division, right, that's a good fit for a new club coming in, especially if you're young, right? Or we can schedule you a series of friendlies, right, with clubs that are interested in playing through the summer um, and go look at you that way. But anyway, not just throw you in, right, and, and, and take your money, right, and, and see how it is. And I think Southwest Premier provides a good space for that new club that doesn't really have a, a, a place or a, a history, right? And so, you know, you can go to your regional league like that, hopefully, and that's the concept is you join there and you grow. And for Nisa Nation, 
fortunately here in the Southwest, we have that. So we can refer clubs that aren't necessarily ready or have the standard or the setup for Nisa Nation to Southwest Premier and our myriad number of setups. We have the full season, we have the spring season, we have the U23s, whatever fits your model, right? And so we want to provide, you know, that, that step up, that level for clubs if they approach us in the Southwest and we're going to cap in Southwest, I think at 12 and, you know, we want to cap, you know, in certain places and then develop, you know, that underneath layer, like in Pacific premier, you know, there's going to be a Pacific division and a lot of those clubs are going to participate still in Pacific premier and now have two teams. Um, and then, you know, potentially in Arizona in a year or two, you know, is there a Nisa nation, region that develops there and then we can host two regions and grow from there but it has to grow somewhere right and so we want to see organic growth we want to see it happen because the clubs are growing not because the league is growing right we're doing this as a, a sporting circuit for the clubs and, and on behalf of the clubs and the number one is we have to to they have to do the, the application process right that you have to go through the application process no team enters the league without the application process and having all that information on the clubs i can't say that we don't do background checks right that just wouldn't be a, a rational thing to say but it when we have that information that provides a lot a, a layer of security for the league right to then uh vet the teams get the information that we need and the background on the individuals that we need um without just taking their money and again that's why i think i brought up the, the second layer in the southwest you know if they're not ready for nisa nation if they don't meet the qualifications or they don't meet the smell test. You know what I mean? Like we have a place for them to kind of grow and see how they do. And, you know, like put a, put them on the line there without let, letting them jump into Nisa Nation, right? And Nisa Nation is the brand that at this point needs a level of protection, right? We can, we can take a hit in Southwest, you know, with a club that fails and flames out, right? We can't afford that right now in Nisa Nation. And so, in, in places where we want to grow, and I know we're running close to time, in places we want to grow, you know, we're trying to build, right? We want to see a, a second layer develop so that there's some buffer there so that Nisa Nation clubs, that's a place to progress. That's not a place to really start, right? You want to see a, a team that's been around a while be in Nisa Nation, not a brand new club. And so clubs that our known quantities here in, in SoCal are members of, of SoCal or of the Southwest division. We've taken on some new teams, but they're all known quantities to us. And so uh, very comfortable with this, the success here of the Southwest division. Same thing with the Pacific, all known quantities. Um, you know, they're, they're ready for a next level up there and have been waiting, you know, for, for the organization to come to them basically. And, Every corner of this country has men's amateur soccer, right? It's the layers of organization that set you apart and professionalism. And the UPSL has been able to do that nationwide with a level of marketing that's been unprecedented, right? And a lot of that started with me. And so I'm starting to 
rekindle you know a lot of what that was about here with nisa nation and with the the support and the muscle of the nisa marketing side which is tremendous um you know they really put a professional edge you know on a lot of what they're doing with a small staff and so as the league grows right we want to see you know more content creators come in and and a lot of that front office stuff you know start to happen as well along with this growth this organic growth um you know and that's a part of the recruitment process for me now is to bring in people um to into nisa nation who support the project right can create content and and do a lot of those things so it's multi-layered and, and kind of um you know something that i was already doing right i've I've had internship programs and, and doing a lot of this stuff for for a while but i'm in, able to to scratch that soccer niche again you know and, and do it on behalf of nisa nation and i think i'm just super grateful for that all right dennis real quick here um just uh before i let you go what kind of resources do you guys focus on with these clubs uh i know you spent the stuff with premier league with uh engagement with fans like off the feel like, you know, developing a professional website, social media, mm -hmm. interacting them on social media, getting sponsors, streaming matches, and increasing their revenue. Just real quick. That That's a great list of stuff that I share with clubs. Um, you know, my presentation to clubs, and I got some coming up this week, you know, is we'll be focused on the live stream, especially for Nisa Nation clubs, right? That's where we're at right now. Each of these Nisa Nation clubs at this point should have a website, should have social media, should have all of that stuff and be active using it. It's, you know, a matter of that level of stepping up from, you know, a, an amateur club to something that aspires for more. And that now comes with the, the live stream. And so we Nisa Nation has a tremendous live stream partner in 11 sports. You know, a lot can be said about 11 sports, but they're soccer specific and you can monetize and do a lot of great things using 11 sports. And so I'm a big fan of what they're doing. I've always been a big fan of what they've done. And I bring 11 sports to Nisa Nation, you know, with my connections there. And I want to see teams succeed. And I know 11 sports isn't always easy to use. You know, and so I'm trying to bridge that gap and, and bring clubs into the possibilities of what they can do using 11 Sports over the other platforms and, and just see that partnership flourish between 11 Sports and Nisa Nation. Um, I want to help, you know, clubs promote themselves using their live stream. And I think 11 Sports provides that platform, you know, better than the others do at, at a rate that's um, free, by the way. So, you know, it's hard to it's hard to um, get clubs to focus on the benefits of live streaming. But that's what I'm about this week. You know, I think that's the major focus for Nisa Nation clubs. It's how you create the highlights and the goals and the stuff that you can promote on social media. And then the second part is photography, right? Clubs have to have photography, match photography. Um, you know, I'm recommending that clubs 
um, host media days, preseason media days, right, where the club gets together and their kids and they do the background, the shots, and they do all the stuff um, because that feeds into content all season long, you know, for these clubs. And it's a one-day thing where they can do like a big workshop, so to speak, and, and get all this content from their players that they can use all season long. They can ask the crazy questions and get all those answers and do all the fun stuff, you know, and it kind of can, gets all that stuff done in one day for clubs. And it's the best way to go about it. It's how pro clubs do it. And they've decided it's the best way to do it. And so that's what I recommend as well. It's really can be a fun day if you, if you do it right. And, and so, yeah, media, live streaming, photography, media day. That's, you know, where my head's at right now with these clubs, trying to get them to create their own content, right, to make it easy on themselves, right? Without, without doing it, right, you can't have it. And so it has to come from somewhere. It has to come from the the ingenuity, right, of the, the social media people that you have on the club. And that's, you know, without those people, you can't do any of this. So people, photography, live streaming, you know, and the the media day piece, if you can, you know, manage to put it all together, right, really sets the tone for the whole season. Dennis, is there any... Thing you can share on plans for the 2023 Nisa Independent Cup? Um, the platform, or not the platform, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The setup has been organized already and the dates have already been set. Um, I wish I could take those dates for you off the top of my head, but I know that the league is taking all of July off. Nisa official, the, the pro league, is taking July off uh, for the most part um, and, and scheduling the the match against the amateur club for that. Yeah. Towards the end of July. We heard right, July second, 22nd. Third, yeah. Something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but there's going to be regions across the country. Um, the map will look similar to last year. There will be teams from Mexico involved. Um, and there will be a, for the first time, I think a, a NISA a independent cup region in Texas. All right. Very exciting stuff. And Dennis, now that we know that Nisa Nation is back, what are you looking forward to the most as we get close to kickoff for the spring 2023 season? I'm looking forward to getting kickoff kicked off, right? Let's get let's get to the matches, and that's always becomes the thing right before the season. You know, there's a lot of work that's been done to get to this point. Just want to see it happen. You know, want to see successful matches take place, that full 90 minutes and the final whistle, um, you know, and, you know, really getting going. So, um yeah, that's where we're at right now. We want to see the season kick off here. We're weeks away. Um, we're going to announce the schedule here in the coming days. And, you know, just got a few final teams to announce, hopefully, um, before the season starts. Not really a priority. I think everybody knows who the teams are at this point. Um, but there are some teams that are still looking for an announcement that we're trying to organize. And so that's still on the plate. Um, you know, there's there are some final T's to be crossed and, and, you know, punctuation to be met on some of this stuff. But, um, you know, kick off and then we can get into a, a regular season schedule or promoting the teams and the players highlights and doing that kind of stuff, the fun stuff. Off season, man, other than the convention, it's for the birds, bro. <laughs> yeah, I could. Uh, the off season is a lot of stress. You know, I like to I like it during the regular season. And I get a lot of that with the Southwest Premier. I kind of get the best of both worlds, right? We're still in the middle of our season here. We're building up towards NISA over here, um, you know. But 
the always it's always the stress of the buildup that over takes the the pleasure right of the regular season schedule so i'm looking forward to get into that that um repetition and that you know that rev of the the regular season dennis thank you so much for joining us today on the needs today fc podcast uh, josh you're welcome it's my pleasure anytime Once again, I want to thank Nisa Nation Communications Specialist, Dennis Pope, for joining me on today's show. And with that, that will conclude today's episode of the Nisa Today FC podcast. If you guys like the show, have any comments, feedback, or suggestions, you can reach out to me on my Twitter page. It's at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you want to keep up with all the latest updates on the show, you can follow us on our social media handles. We are on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. We're also on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC, as well as Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. We will have a recap show for you guys later this week. So until then, you guys take care, and I'll see you next time.